Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. I'm so happy to be chatting with Laurent Bozero, who is the director of Mama's Boy, a story from our Americas, um, adapted from the memoir of the same name written by Oscar-winning filmmaker Dustin Lance Black, which centers on his upbringing with a very special focus on his relationship with his mother, as the title suggests. Uh, Mama's Boy will be available to stream this Friday on HBO Max. Um, Laurent, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. No, thank you. Actually, it starts on Tuesday. Tuesday, the eighteenth. Okay. That's yeah. correct. Yes. Right. Um, I wanted to sort of um start at the beginning of your relationship with this project. This, as I said, was a film adapted from Lance's memoir from twenty eighteen nineteen when it came out. Um, were there talks even then in twenty nineteen about having you get involved in doing a documentary adaptation or when, when did you start um, getting involved with um, this adaptation? So it was a very interesting time for me. I was in New York uh, working on a project and finishing up a, a film for HBO, Natalie Wood. And I was uh, really looking for a very different kind of films, something that would speak to my own identity as a gay man and my bringing and something that 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 was along the lines of of of, of those uh, uh, things. And and uh, I was uh, I became aware of the book immediately when it came out and um, read it in a couple of couple of days and i was like wow th this guy is uh, of course i knew who he was but i i was like blown away that so much happened to one person and, and it seemed to to touch upon so many different things that our country is 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 still dealing with which is uh sexual identity family um a plague a uh, political divide, religion. I, I just found just can't believe this has happened to one person. Um, there was also a cinematic, a cinematic aspect to it, which was this journey from, you know, this little kitchen, this little world in Texarkana, Texas, and to to the stage of the Oscars and Hollywood. And I was like, wow, that's that's what all great storytelling is about. It's like you start small and you become so. So, so I I just felt, you know, the story is. It lends itself to to a film, and so I, I contacted Lens via Instagram of all things, and 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 DM DM, and and he responded, and I was totally shocked, and we we zoomed, and I was even more shocked that he knew who I was, um, and he was very complimentary, and and he had received interest from a couple of companies, very big companies, to do this this. A story of his mom as a narrative but he had um um you know i don't know if he had resisted but it just had not happened yet and when i brought him the idea of doing this as a documentary uh he said yeah yeah let's do it so we formed an, an alliance with uh platone uh, and Amblin Television and LD Entertainment and eventually uh, uh, HBO and my own company, Nedland, with my husband, Marcus Keith. And uh, we went out and shot it in 14 days and, and edited it in six months. And here we are. 
I think that's so amazing that you had that vision for his memoir, his story being told in a visual format in the medium of a documentary, even before he even thought of that idea. It was an idea you brought to him because of how passionate you felt about his memoir and how much you were able to relate to his experience and story and that you kind of shared what you thought he this story was capable of, which I find really fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I always go into things with a vision. You, you can throw kind of anything at me, and I'll say, okay, this is how I would do it, and it could be the wrong, the wrong way of doing it. But at yeah. this point of of departure, um, you talked a little bit earlier how you were just so captivated by this rise in Lance's life from you know growing up in this very poor community in the South to you know being now what he is today, an Oscar winning filmmaker. And I think, you know, although Lance is a public figure, we might have not been aware of his upbringing and of the people and the community that he had been surrounded by um, early on in his life. And that was very eye opening um, for me personally, when I was watching the story, the fact that he came from this background, you would have never thought that judging by, you know, Lance as a person. Um, but can you talk about delving so deep into um, the communities he was raised by and speaking with um, the family members and um, his friends when he was um, younger? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I didn't know any of this either. I mean, of course, I knew his victories uh, and his advocacy and, of course, you know, his filmmaking, but uh, um, not much more, you, you, you know, uh, more than than what we all knew collectively already. Uh, so there was definitely this revelation, which made me even more hungry to tell that story because I was like, wow, this is even richer than what I imagined or what I didn't even already know. So um, he facilitated for me to Zoom with, uh, he organized for me to Zoom with everyone I was going to interview. Uh, so I got a sense of introducing myself and and having a brief overview of what aspect of the story they could cover. And also they were, they were, you know, I was bonding a little bit with them because I was talking to a lot of people who had never been on camera. Uh, and, and we're going to be talking, yes, about good times, but also very painful times. And you have to, to gain a level of trust from those people, you know, make sure you're, um, getting not only what you need from them, but that you have an approach to them that's very respectful and very nurturing so that um, they feel like they can open up to you. Um, so getting that trust uh, from them was essential. And, you know, I just jumped in. I, I did a lot of research, uh, but the book was the research. And uh, Lance really opened up his archive to us as well. And, and um I, I've worked with the same editor for many years and we had a lot of conversations about the structure and the journey that we wanted to recreate. For example, you know, the goal to not have a narrator or to really have Lens be the main voice and the conduit to everything. So so those were choices that were made right away. And, uh, you know, I, I I knew that there was stuff we couldn't talk about because the movie had to be a certain length. And so I, I felt that I really wanted to stay with him because his point of view, especially after I started filming, was so powerful and so engaging. And you just wanted to listen to him as I was, I mean, literally, as I was sitting across from him, I was transported. Mm -hmm. I forgot there was a camera and that there was a microphone. I was crying. I was almost... 
I mean, this may sound, you know, pretentious, but I was almost channeling his emotions to a very, very, very deep level where it became very, very tough, you know. Uh, um, and I was, I was uh, extremely um, moved and it was exhausting for, for him and for me. And, and um, so, so it was a little bit of a mirror into, wow, if I moved at this very early stage as I'm doing interviews and um, I, I'm, I think I have something powerful that people will be able to relate to, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it just, it speaks to your success as, you know, the director of this project, the fact that you had subjects who are not at all um, don't have any experience in front of a camera or being comfortable in front of a camera yet they were they've it didn't seem that way at all they seemed so um at ease and I constantly think back to the younger brother who obviously had no hesitation in really showing his emotion when you know some of the really significant emotional events of um his mother's life um were touched upon in the film he didn't he was able to break down and really share how he truly felt, which I think just speaks to um, the comfort that you brought, I would assume, to set and allowing them to um, be that um, authentic and be that much in touch with their emotions. Um, and I, I want to ask about that because it's not just, you know, his family, but Lance, too breaks down several times throughout the documentary, talking about his mother and his um, older brother. Can you speak to how, as the director, you were able to um, not only pull those stories out of Lance and his family, but um, make them feel comfortable in showing that raw emotion come out of them at the same time. That's a great question. You know, I think that the the if if I may use the word trick, the trick was that I was building it as a journey in continuity with the way that he actually experienced the story. So there was a bit of a you know regressing back to those days, and that's where we started literally in that kitchen when you see him and then suddenly it grew and suddenly you know we hooked up with the brother a little further down the road and suddenly he was added to the to the interviews and suddenly we met with this and that and and so the fact that we were almost reliving in 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 a way you know uh, a very specific timeline in a very specific journey felt like you could easily uh uh help um reach back to those emotions if it had been scattered meaning we started with the end and then went back i think it would have been a much more uh difficult thing to pull but the fact that we really literally mapped this out geographically it really helped in 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 finding the resonance from each places and by the way i was sitting in the same environment that he had experienced all those things. So I, I was physically transported to those places, you know, whereas usually when I do interviews for, you, you know, I'm, I'm at somebody's home and, and I have to try to imagine, oh, what was it like to be, um, to have Natalie Wood as your mom? And, you know, but we're talking in a complete different environment here. We were in actually in the real places. So, uh, uh, that really helped inform the the not only for me but I think for for them uh, to see to to be able to re, to place themselves back in those situations. Uh, so that was uh, that was pretty tough but uh, beneficial in the end. I think. 
Mm-hmm. Um, can you um, expand on that and speak to perhaps the challenges that posed in mapping this out and filming it chronologically? Because I would assume it was very much a daring achievement because you had all these settings all across the country and um, Texas and Utah and California, both northern and southern. So um, can you just speak to how um, how that process was of filming chronologically, given all the locations? Well, you know, uh, that's a very technical thing. Uh, I have uh, a partner and husband in Marcus Keith, and he has really, uh, really embraced the journey as well and and helped out tremendously in uh, organizing it all. Um, I had a very strong support group also from LD Entertainment, Bo and Murdot and and, all those guys, you know, who were really there to support us. And my two DPs, uh, Toby and Travers, who I've known for a long time. So I felt at home with those uh, with, with those people and I felt very well supported. And and frankly, you know, Lance really allowed me to have access to to all those people. And and um even though most of them had never dealt with making a film they they they're all very smart and they were very accommodating my 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 only fear was that i was gonna you know when you do a documentary you don't always have the benefit of location scouting like you do on a on on a narrative film uh so i didn't know if i was going to show up and suddenly we see that there is a house under construction next door and that was going to ruin my sound and i was going to have to move somewhere else and we were so tight on schedule that I couldn't afford to um, to to pause for one moment, and that that was both a blessing and a bit of a curse because it got so emotional that that it was very hard to keep. It was exhausting, you know, physically and emotionally. The weather was very it was very hot, and and we were traveling during COVID, you know. So there was a lot of anxiety, but I think that it it fueled that notion of immediacy and that notion of like, let's not overthink this. Let's just live and relive the moment, live in the moment and really bring out the emotions right now. Let's do it, you know? And and so I think that it helped, but it was, it was super tough. Hmm. And uh, by the time we, we finished, I was, I mean, I, mean, I was literally, uh, um, you know, uh, exhausted and everybody else was too, by the way, because, you know, there's equipment, there's, you know, really trying to, to, to compose really beautiful shots and, and do, do really great work, you know, because I look at interviews as close-ups, you know, as a window into someone, you know, it's not a talking head. It's actually someone sharing very emotive uh, feelings and, and, uh, you're looking at them and and so it's very important and if you watch the film again i tried to link all the family members with a shade of turquoise color i even worked on that in post so they're all connected to some you 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 have to look for it but it's all there and i i wanted to do a lot of work on on colors and every single photos i wanted to have them against um you know textures like wood because they all came from very raw you you know organic background i felt that was so important to to convey so everything was so thought out uh but fast yeah 
Um, you mentioned earlier that scheduling was tight out of curiosity. How, how many days did you guys shoot? And was this summer 2021 that you were it was filming? June. It was in June and it was 14 days. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> when I think about it, I try not to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that you mentioned that your primary source material that you kept looking back on was obviously the memoir um, that Lance wrote. However, Lance being right there, right alongside you, was there anything that um, you were able to get from him that wasn't necessarily in the memoir, but was perhaps a story or a moment that you put on screen? Um, you know, it was it was really the fact that we were doing the the film at this time almost two years after he had published the book necessarily is going to be a different point of view because only you've had an additional two years of, of, of uh, history. So I think that that's, it, it provided a, a perspective. The thing that was really uncanny was the fact that obviously his mom was the victim of, of, of a plague polio and and when I read the book, there was no such thing as COVID. But when we were filming, there was also a plague with a lot of people losing their lives, and 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 it was I mean the world, you know, was was hit by this. So the fact that we were suddenly looking back at 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 this woman's life and and the plague of polio, I realized, oh my God, we're experiencing a similar thing right now. Um, on the world stage, so that definitely informed again the 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 fact that this story was of timeless nature. Yeah, and even COVID, I believe, was referenced offhand by one of the family members early on in the film to um, make that connection too. Right. Um, I know that a core, you know, um, something integral to this film is just the plethora of photos that we're able to see throughout. You know. Um, throughout the film of, you know, not only Lance and his community and his family members, but so much of his mother, which is so beautiful to see. It really is, it seems like the majority of the photos. And it's so great that Lance has all those photos of his mother through the years. Um, can you share the process of incorporating which photos when during the film and um, also how you know, you were able to incorporate the home videos to later on, because I think those are just as um, integral to the narrative in touching on these major events that happened later on in life with those home movies. Yeah, no, you know, the big thing right away when, when I approach any film, the big question is, do you have photos? Do you have videos? Do you have documents? Do you have archival footage? If you don't, it's very, very hard unless you decide to do re reenactments, which is, you know, not my favorite thing. Uh, and you would want to avoid that. The thing that was interesting is that, of course, as explained in the movie, they came from a really poor, poor background. So how did they get all those photos taken? Well, the grandmother uh, worked in a drugstore and had access to cameras and access to free uh, um, you, you know, uh, free cameras and free uh, processing of photos. Yeah. So that's how they got all those photos wow. taken. So I thought that was a really interesting, <laughs> an interesting thing. But Lance had done already quite uh, a big job because he had written the book. So he had gathered all those elements for his own research when he was writing the book. They may not be in the book, but they were elements for him to 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 look back on and and help him with the uh, with the writing. So all that 
that material was in a suitcase uh, uh, on rollers that he was carrying because we met him. He flew from England to Texarkana and he met us on the first day of shooting right there with that suitcase. And I said, Lance, I am not touching that suitcase because if anything happens to it, I don't want to be responsible. So we dragged that suitcase or he dragged that suitcase from uh, for 14 days until we got back to LA. And uh, once we were back here, uh, he scanned, uh, we scanned everything. And, and, and then came the, the, the really, you, you know, you assemble the story and then you look for the best illustrations. And then, and that's where my, my editor, uh, is really a, a grandmaster of um, really uh, hitting the a quote with the perfect picture at the perfect moment, and 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 I always enjoy very much that process. Uh, it's always uh, the next revelation, you know, how rich suddenly the 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 images can be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had one last question for you, which was, um, you know, you obviously. Um, responded very strongly to the memoir when when you read it for the first time. And I would just love to know if there was something that you felt connected to Lance about, like a certain um, event or something he experienced during his upbringing um, that made you feel emotionally connected to his story. Well, I mean, coming out, um, you know, in the late 70s, early 80s, as I did, was was difficult you know uh so i i connected very closely to this and and i'm very very close to my parents and and uh so that was um a very very difficult thing for me uh to to do on a journey for my family so i connected with that aspect the most yeah um and then with mama's boy aside i would love to know for you you know moving forward do you have anything that you're working on now or um about to work on that we have to look forward to yeah, I have uh, another exciting. I, I I'm not gonna reveal the title just yet because I want to be able to be reinvited to yes, your, of your show. Uh, so, but I I have um, uh, three films actually that are going uh, pretty much at the same time. Uh, so it's gonna be a lot of work, and I'm also working on a on a feature film um, based on a novel called The Devil Himself by Peter Ferris and um, writing a book on Steven Spielberg that comes out in a year from now uh, called The First Ten Years from Duel to E.T. Uh, from uh, uh, Simon & Schuster and Insight Publishing. So I'm very excited about all this. So it's going to be a busy uh, next few months. <laughs> Right. Well, there's no one better to write a biography on him, given the fact that you've directed so many of his behind the scenes um, documentaries. So that's exciting. Yes. Um, well, it looks like we have so much to look forward to you from you in 2023. Um, but congratulations again on Mama's Boy comes out on HBO Max on Tuesday, October 18th. Thank you, Laurent. Thank you, Max. Thanks so much for tuning in please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.